0: Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. I'm inviting you to stay tuned for this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus. We welcome you to this Bible study today, and we pray that you'll just take some time out of this busy, busy, busy life that we're living. I'm not accusing anyone of being busy purposely. Uh, We have necessities, and we have responsibilities. There are so many distractions you know the scripture says that other other things entering in Uh, Can choke the word The deceitfulness of riches That's when we begin to put The riches of the material things Of this world, the temporal Things above the spiritual And the eternal. When we do That, the deception is That we will find in things That we can acquire at the Expense of our spiritual Development, our spiritual life We will find in them All that we need To be happy uh, and to be Uh, be satisfied and fulfilled in life nothing could be farther from the truth it is a deception the other things entering in and the deceptiveness that riches will somehow fulfill you by the things that you can acquire by the by the respect that you can gain through them without uh, without Peace, ha- a house is not a, a home. Uh, without peace, uh, 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 the most expensive automobile in the world uh, will not be any fun to drive after a while without peace you won't find in any person that that you desperately need in your life and the only way you can find true peace and happiness and fulfillment is through the prince of peace and that's Jesus Christ well that's a little something before we begin our 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 teaching today on the subject the blessing of obeying God. I say it all the time. There's nothing wrong with getting right with God. And obedience is the key issue of our heart and of our life. So we just want to move right back into the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, go to 1 Samuel 15 and verse 22. We're going to take the text out of context, talk a moment about the context, and go forward in this teaching today. Because Because I truly feel the Holy Spirit wants this message to be brought to every single child of God. Amen. (laughs) Regardless of your denominational preference, this is a key issue with. God, Amen. The Bible is not just a book to be uh, showcased in a glass case, not not worshipped in any sense, but it is a book to be revered. It is a book uh, to be read and studied more, so that it might be a book to be. Obeyed. Hallelujah. We have instructions in the Bible in righteousness. Praise God. Amen. And how to be right with God and how to, how to live in this fallen world and in this faulty body and find the fulfillment and find the purpose and find the power of God flowing to us and through us simply because we have a heart to obey praise God that's the blessing of obeying God let me read first Samuel 15 and 22 once again and Samuel said hath the Lord is great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord behold to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Once again, King Saul was given instructions. They were very, very explicit from God to not bring back any captives of, of the land that he was sent to conquer because he was in the hand of God, using God using him to judge the evil and the wickedness of that land. And he was not to bring back any captives or any animals from the people he went out to conquer He disobeyed. He brought back the spoil, the best of the sheep and the oxen, and also the wicked king. He said he disobeyed when he was confronted but, but he would make up for it because he would offer these fine animals to the Lord. You see, this is the excuse that won't hold water. When we are told to obey and we disobey and we find some reason for disobeying that, oh, this was for God. This is for God. I, I, I did this to somehow honor God or serve God. No, no. Disobedience is always an affront to God listen to me carefully his real motive his ulterior motive was to feed his own ego to show off by showing the spoils of war to Israel listen to me very carefully I'm going to go back and quote the the opening words to a song that I heard years ago which simply said based on this scripture to obey is better than sacrifice I don't need your money I want your life. It's not saying we do not need offerings. It's not saying we do not need to give in offerings. It's saying that in and of itself is not enough. God wants a willingness in our heart to obey him. And then whatever we do out of obedience to him, out of and I'm going to I'm going to emphasize this today, out of willing obedience unto him. You know, the Bible said, if any man give in the New Covenant, it says, let him give willingly, not grudgingly, nor out of necessity. You see, you can do something that is obedient to the word, but do it for the wrong reason and not do it from the heart. This was the problem in Ephesus in the book of Revelation, When the scripture says, I know your works and commended all the good things they were doing, but they were no longer doing it from the heart. He said, I have somewhat against you because you've left your first love. You used to obey me, but you did it from the heart. You did it willingly from the heart. There was no ulterior motive in your obedience. And he said, repent. And do your first works. Do it like you used to do it. Praise God. Do it from the heart. It's just saying, fall in love with me. You've left your first love. Fall in love with me. So you can do it from the heart. You can do it willingly. Let let me read this from the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 18 through 20. It says, Come now, and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are, mark this, underscore this. This is extremely important. If you are willing and obedient. No, it didn't, it didn't just say if you are obedient. Because there's all kinds of motives in obedience. Some people just give to get. That's the wrong motive in giving. We're promising, promised a blessing on our giving when we give out of obedience to God and out of love for God and His work. But if it's an obedience that is rendered and the heart isn't in it. Someone said you can love, with, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving praise God you can give without loving some people give to be a member of a church they just won't let you have membership unless you give the the 10 percent or whatever amount is set friend of mine listen there are people I am sure that go to churches that require that to have to have a membership or any say and they give but they don't willingly give Because they love God, they just really, really want to have that position in that church, to have part in that church. You see, God is looking for that willing. If any man give, let him not give out of necessity nor grudgingly, secretly in his heart, resenting it, but doing it for some ulterior reason. But let him do it willingly. For the Lord loves a cheerful giver. You see, there's joy in serving God and obeying God when we're doing it from the heart. That's why the Bible said, whatever we do, do it heartily. Put our whole heart in it as unto the Lord and not unto men, for we shall be rewarded of the Lord Christ. Let me back up and read this again. Verse 19, Isaiah chapter 1, if you are willing and obedient... If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is God's eternal word and truth. And that's why the Bible said, and I think this is one of the most important scriptures for a new believer, and it should be revisited time after time by those of us that have been saved many, many years. If we're going to, if we're going to keep falling in love with Him... Over and over and over again. Like the song says. We need to revisit this scripture. Romans chapter 12. It begins to read. I beseech you brethren. By the mercies of God. He's pointing them right back to the foot of the cross where Jesus bled and died for us and the mercy that we have received because of his atoning sacrifice on the cross his suffering and his death in our behalf that's where initially the fir- that's what well, well that's uh, where the first love was first uh, created within us as we begin to love him back loving us that much and that's when the first love is rekindled in our heart for him and that's why holy communion is not just an ordinance that we routinely go through it on certain occasions or or the first sunday it is an opportunity to go back to the cross And to recognize the shedding of His blood, the tearing of His body, uh, the rending of His flesh was for our salvation, for our sakes. And it allowed God's mercy to flow to us so we would have grace (laughs) to be saved. Praise God. We used to sing it, didn't we? I keep falling in love with Him over and over and over again. Hallelujah. The journey gets sweeter every day. Listen carefully. If it's not willingly, even though we are going through the correct motions of obedience, if it's not willingly obedient, God sees that in our heart. And He wants to address it. And he wants to correct it by the rekindling of the first love. This is what creates, promotes, and allows for willing obedience. You see, the Bible teaches, if a man loved me, if a man truly loved me, he will keep my commandments. You see how obedience is tied to love. Devotion is tied to love. It's not just something we discipline ourselves to do. It's something we devote ourselves to do. And the di- necessary disciplines to obey come when that deep, deep devotion is developed within us. The Bible said we love Him because He first loved us. That's why Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you. This is the stimulant for the deep devotion that God calls for in our life. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, responding to, reacting to, <laughs> loving him back for loving us. Praise God. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God. Look at the will and obedience that you offer your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service some translations render that this is your true spiritual worship. Praise God. It's not just the motions we go through or the emotions that we we experience in that worship service on Sunday morning. It's the walk with God that's part and parcel of of our worship because we literally become living sacrifices. We used to sing it. You you know this song. We sing, we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of our Lord. Listen, when we become a living sacrifice, we don't just bring up a praise in our mouth, we bring ourselves as true Worshippers of God, worshiping in spirit and in truth from the heart. You know, the Bible said that we should, servants should obey their masters, not with eye service, not just buttering ourselves up, ingratiating ourselves to them. There's other words that are not so kind about that, and you could probably say them or think them, don't say them. But we're but, but ingratiating ourselves to the boss, not because we we care, because we we just want to advance ourselves. You see, there's an ulterior motive. We may not even like him or her, but we're ingratiating ourselves. Listen to me carefully. God knows before we say anything or do anything, he knows the motive behind it and he solicits that deep devotion which brings that that obedient life before him he solicits that by stimulating such love in us that it would re, we would respond with such deep devotion to him if a man loved me he will keep my commandments the scriptures teach and they will not be grievous unto him <laughs> it won't make him look like he's been baptized in pickle juice and 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 has, uh, is using vinegar for the communion listen carefully today it is so important that we begin to love god enough to offer him willing obedience charles finney the great revivalist of old said revival is nothing more than a new beginning of obedience to God. A new beginning of obedience to God. I really, really like that. Praise the Lord. Amen. There's a story, a true story, that is told by Archibald Rutledge about a man who worked in one of the great forests of the South. His faithful dog had burned to death a few minutes earlier in a great fire that had swept through the forest. Rutledge said the little dog had been left under a tree. He wasn't tied there, but he'd been given instructions to guard his master's dinner pail. And You know, squirrels would come, raccoons would come, whoever would come. So he would charge his devoted little dog to guard his lunch box until he got back. And he wouldn't leave it, even when the flames roared around him. The worker was brokenhearted when he found the charred remains of his little friend. With tears stringing down his face, he said, I always had to be careful what I told him to do, because I knew that he would do it. Oh, friend, you see, Jesus said something about his return to the earth. He said, when I return to the earth in the new covenant, when I return to the earth, shall I find faith? Shall I find faith? It is so important to understand how faith is used in that context. It doesn't mean, shall I find people building mansions and driving luxury automobiles and and building fortunes of of silver and gold. That is the using our faith for our own selfish desires, our own self-exalting, egotistical reasons like Saul. Listen, this word for faith, pistis, literally means fidelity. By the way, I told you the story about that little dog and some years ago, I'm, I'm 72 years old. So I remember when, when Fido was a, was a common name for all canines, for all dogs. Fido. Why Fido? Was it just some little name without any purpose or meaning that someone come up with to call little Fido or old Fido? No, it comes from the Greek word. Fidelis it is it is part of the creed of the United States Marine Corps because semper fidelis in the latin means always faithful always faithful and the way faith is used when jesus said when i return to the earth shall i find faith is the word Fidelis. In the Latin, it is the Greek word for faithfulness. Are we faithful to our Lord? Are we faithful not just to our creed? We should be. To our dogma, we should be. Listen, but are we faithful to our Master? Praise God. Are we faithful? That's what He's going to be looking for. You know, the Bible said in the book of Revelation that that when He comes back to rule and reign, the armies of heaven, which is you and I, not just angels in the book of Revelation, but these clothed in white raiment, which is the righteousness of the saints, the Scripture says. Listen carefully. When we come back to rule and reign with Christ when He comes to set up His earthly kingdom. It says, And they that were with Him were called and chosen and faithful. I want to be able to answer that question. Don't you today, dear friend, when Jesus returns to this earth, I want Him to find me faithful. Praise God. Committing myself to obey Him, and to follow Him. Because that's what following Jesus is all about. Praise God. It's all about His Lordship in our life. It's all about the Holy Spirit's leadership in our life. So the Bible said that we, as Christians, should be followers Of Jesus Christ as dear children in Ephesians chapter 5. You see, obedience marks us as authentic Christians. I'm not talking about sinless perfection nor never stumbling. I'm talking about a genuine desire of the heart to live our life under his authority and to find pleasure in doing that, doing it willingly, not grudgingly nor out of necessity and beyond the giving of any material part of our our lives to him we give ourselves away i beseech you brethren romans 12 once again chapter 1 2 3 4 listen i beseech you brethren by the mercies of god that you offer there's the willingness behind the obedience Out of devotion to Jesus, we willingly offer ourselves unto Him. A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be no more conformed to this world, but be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you might prove, that means exemplify and live out, (laughs) <laughs> Hallelujah, not privately, but publicly, that you might prove what is that that—that perfect and, and acceptable will of God. Amen. That we might be able to be exemplary Christians to a gainsaying world. That we might prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me read 1 Peter in closing today. Chapter 1, verse 13 through 15. It says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourself according to the former lust in your ignorance. But as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. One paraphrase, and I do like this paraphrase, not to study from, but to just practically apply this. Listen, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. In other words, don't let the flesh get the upper hand once again in your life. God has called us to be followers, Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, and be ye followers of God as dear children and walk in love even as Jesus Christ. It's it's the only force within us that will bring the deep, deep devotion necessary to be faithful to God. And to let Jesus be the true Lord of our life. Deny yourself, that old self. (laughs) Hallelujah. Take up your cross, crucify the flesh and the lust thereof, and follow me. How? As dear children, humbly, willfully submitted to his authority and finding pleasure <laughs> in serving him. Praise God. I don't know if this is if this is really too much to just grasp at one time, but I will tell you this today. It's something to chew on, isn't it? Maybe you can't swallow it all right now, but it's time to start devouring the word of God you see Jesus is coming again and he's coming very very soon and he's coming for a church that his word is is able to be applied to and 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 actually consumed and digested the Bible said he loved the church also in Ephesians 5 and cleansed it by the washing of water By the word. That he might present it unto himself. A glorious church. Not having spot. Not having blemish. Or wrinkle or any such thing. But that it should be holy. Praise God. Friend of mine. I'm so glad today. To be challenging. I've done this for a lifetime. This is our 45th year that we just celebrated the first of this year of pastoral evangelistic ministry in the city of Tampa, originating in the city of Tampa, but not stopping with the city of Tampa. Thank God, through our website and our web ministry and our web minister, we are able to reach the nations of the world, all of the states within the United States, because we claim the Scripture when we began to reach out beyond our four walls as far as God will allow us to reach, He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from destruction. Friend of mine, if you'll receive instruction from the Word of God, instructions in righteousness, you will be delivered from destruction. The enemy will not get the upper hand. The enemy will not deceive you. He will not defraud you. He will not be able to destroy you. Praise God. Amen. And we can live for God as an upstream Christian in a downstream world. And I beseech you today by the mercies of God. In light of the cross and the one who hung on it. For six solid hours after being beat. Like no one has ever been beaten before. His visage marred more than any man's. Oh friend. Today Jesus loves you so much. Let's love him back. Enough to devote ourselves. And willingly submit ourselves. To serving him. And find the joy of obedience The Bible said, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Thank God for his obedience to the Father who sent him. Thank God he prayed, not my will, but thine be done. And for the joy that was set before him, he endured the pain and the shame of the cross so we could be forgiven oh how I love Jesus oh how I want to serve him with my whole heart all that I am and all that I have for the rest of my life and when he comes if he should come before I go and stand before him that he would find pistis he would find faith fidelity faithfulness unto Him. Oh, friend, if you don't know Jesus today as your personal Savior, I want to tell you that He loves you. I want to declare unto you today that if you will come to Him just like you are, He will forgive your sin. If you will repent of that sin and confess that sin and come to Jesus and look to Him for forgiveness as your Savior, your sovereign And your Savior. He will forgive your sin. He will abundantly pardon. And He will restore your soul. And you know what you can do? You can fall in love with Him for loving you that much. Totally undeserved. And yet, He stayed on the cross. You know what He cried on the cross? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. The grace and the mercy has been supplied by Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. But that grace, that mercy, that shed blood in our behalf has to be applied by coming to Jesus, repenting of our sin, confessing our sin, and receiving Jesus as our Savior. So don't run from Him today. Run to Him. And He will embrace you, forgive you, seal you with the Holy Spirit. And today, if you're a Christian and you've been drifting, oh friend, His coming is very soon. Don't run from Him. You run to Him too. Kneel at the foot of the cross and offer your body, the whole of your being, the house for your soul and spirit anew and afresh and feel the first love rekindle hallelujah and run the race with perseverance and faithfulness that is set before us and come back next week and let's talk about jesus